Hi, this is Alex Romanovich, and welcome to Global Edge Talk. Today is May 5th, 2020, and welcome to COVID Convo with Dr. Wendy Tong. Hello, Wendy. Hi, Alex. Dr. Wendy, we are now in the middle of this pandemic. The numbers are all over the place. We're getting um, a numbers that are better in New York City, in New York State, and New Jersey, but now we have the situation where it's moving very rapidly towards the middle of the country with some of the states like Kentucky, like Michigan, like Mississippi, Tennessee, and so forth and so on. The very stark and horrific situation that's taken place right now is the situation with nursing homes. You and I spoke earlier in the month of March about nursing homes and some of the risks associated with that. And now we have those risks actually played out in a very horrific way. In New York City alone, one of the nursing home facilities had close to 100 deaths, and that was very, very disturbing, number one. Number two, we have a situation where the number of confirmed cases in nursing homes in the States is close to 100,000. So maybe it's worldwide. I'm not sure. Is this worldwide, by the way, or is this... Uh, US. US. Oh, this is US. So this is, this is incredible. The, um, the scenario that we have here is that nursing homes, as necessary as they may be for our elders, are becoming a very high-risk scenario. Uh, what can you say about this as an introduction? Yeah, you know, nursing homes are just breeding grounds for spreading the infection amongst a population that is particularly vulnerable. Um, and um, this is reflected in the death, the mortality rates. A quarter of the overall deaths in the United States are in the nursing homes. So if I had a family member in a nursing home right now, I would have no hesitation about taking them out and doing whatever it takes to take them out of that nursing home. It could save their life. Wow. So um, what a shift though, right? Uh, nursing homes, assisted living facilities, um, not only they are you know, at times very expensive, they're also now becoming a risk factor. So exactly how much does it cost? I mean, our audience will probably be very interested in this. How much does it cost to live in the, an average nursing home or assisted living type of a, um, you know, a residence? And what typical services would you get in those environments? Yeah, so there's a broad spectrum of nursing homes, and there's a lot of variation in pricing um, based on cost of living and other factors. However, you know, I'll use a median benchmark, and um, I'm based out of Colorado. Um, so a nursing home in Colorado costs about $7,000 for a double occupancy room and about $8,000 for a private room. So think about these rooms as being very much like a hospital room. In, in look and feel, they'll have an attached bathroom, but there's multiple rooms grouped together like in a hospital wing. So you can imagine there's, that there's also healthcare workers going from servicing you know, each of these rooms um, they could, you know, actually act as disease and infection vectors, carriers, uh, but also these rooms are closely um, clustered. So the standard pricing includes meals, laundry, housekeeping 
staffing, 24-hour on-site staffing, and then usually uh, for extras like medication administration, uh, specialized nursing care like wound care, physical therapy, occupational therapy, then it's like an a la carte, you pay extra for those services. I see. I have two elderly parents who are living at home, as a matter of fact, and they do have, in Florida, they do have a guardian, they do have a person who comes in. They actually, they were pretty cautious about this and they asked the individual not to show up. My father is very immunocompromised, but if someone was to um, bring their parents or their loved one um, from the nursing home or assisted living facility into home, what kind of services would you have to duplicate on a regular basis? And um, what would be sort of the alternative costs associated with that? Yeah, so as I mentioned, you know, if, if it's $7,000 to $8,000 per month you're paying into a nursing home, um, you could easily uh, pay for that on a daily basis for a caregiver to provide meals, laundry, housekeeping, medication supervision. But uh, actually the added benefit of one-to-one attention, meaning it's not one healthcare provider, you know, roaming between different, um, you know, nursing home rooms. Um, and um, uh, so uh, what that $7,000 to $8,000 could buy for you is a caregiver for 8 to 10 hours every day. So my company, Wendy's Team, we provide those kinds of services. We charge $25 per hour. So, you know, it's not 24-hour care, but if um, a parent was to come home, uh, say, with somebody like you, Alex, and you're working full-time, so is your wife, um, uh, that caregiver could be there for eight to 10 hours, which provides you as the adult um, child caregiver enough respite that you could work. And, you know, the rest of that 10, 12 hours, um, the senior could be, most of it, they're sleeping. Um, and um, the other uh, kinds of services that are more skilled, uh, such as I mentioned, wound care, physical therapy, occupational therapy, those are actually benefits covered by Medicare. And so they wouldn't be private pay. Uh, Those would have to be ordered by a physician. Um, However, those would be covered services. So you can certainly uh, duplicate a lot of you know, the services a nursing home provide in the home setting for what you're paying normally for a nursing home stay. That's uh, very interesting. Now, the role of the guardian uh, in this, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, <clears throat> what is the, um, uh, I guess, what would be the, uh, the primary role of the guardian in terms of monitoring a lot of the vital signs, number one. Number two, obviously providing the feedback uh, to, to, to you, to the business, to the uh, data bank, if you will, and also collecting valuable information that typically the nursing homes either would be collecting or are supposed to collect, right? Yeah. So what, what would be sort of the role between the guardian and the technologies available to us today in home um, in this particular scenario? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question, Alex. So, 
you know, um, a lot of the nursing staff might be checking blood pressure, heart rate, weight, you know, logging those down and um, sharing that uh, with maybe a, a medical provider if they are out of range. Um, you know, however, nowadays with the technology, as you pointed out, there are wearables that can uh, measure heart rate, can measure blood pressure, can detect a fall, um, so that even if you're not home um, with that senior, um, you you have these devices, and then um, you can set the devices so that if they hit a certain threshold, that somebody yourself or you know a, um, a home care agency could be notified, and um, then you know somebody could go out there in person to to see what's going on. So it's certainly, um, there's certainly things that traditionally we thought of as being done by nursing staff that now um, the technology and wearables can, can actually accomplish. It's just that there's still like certain thresholds and if there needs to be human intervention that there should be alerts set up for that. Right, exactly. Um, now as far as um, susceptibility to all kinds of infections and things of that nature. Now, one of the issues that we had in nursing homes or have in nursing homes is that sometimes those procedures, those standards are not being followed, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, what, what, what could one hope for or what one should know and what will the guardian do in terms of providing that level of, um, you know, disinfection, decontamination, distancing at home, you know, and so forth? Alex, that's a two-part question. So let me answer the first one, which is more the concerns about quality assurance and, oh, you know, actually having an idea if the nursing staff at the nursing home is actually, uh, if they're actually doing their job. Uh, so there's actually, you know, especially now with COVID, family members um, and other non-staff members cannot enter a nursing home. Um, uh, we really have no idea what's going on in, in, in nursing homes and whether even the basic, um, you know, nursing um, standards are being upheld. Um, so uh, there used to be this rule called an ombudsman where government appointed um, advocates could go into facilities and, you know, do kind of an, uh, uh, surveillance and observation to follow up on any uh, complaints or concerns but even now nursing homes uh, don't allow ombudsmen to enter their facilities so we really at this point and it's pretty scary as as to the horror of this whole situation of nursing homes is that we really don't know what's going on at inside nursing homes unless you're a staff member there um, and uh, so that's another um, factor to really support bringing a senior senior out of the nursing home because you actually can monitor what's going on with your senior and the kind of care that they're receiving from a guardian a caregiver um, and then your second question was about you know bringing a senior home you know um, and I think uh, where your question stems from is the concern about bring a senior who's been in the nursing home could you bring the infection into your home and so yes there is a, that risk and it's very real and I do understand how families could be very fearful based upon this alone to bring a senior back into their home. However, what I can say is that there are practices of decontamination, social distancing, and quarantine 
um, and reverse isolation practices that can be implemented in the home setting. Now, starting with decontamination, that begins when you bring somebody home, and it, just, it means let's decontaminate the clothes, the personal belongings, remove those. Um, now the weather's warmer, remove those in the garage, and then put them, you know, in the washer right away and sanitize everything. If not, you know, throw it away. Um, and then, you know, if within a home, the rooming conditions allow, you should isolate that family member in um, one room and from the rest of the household for a two-week period um, and, you know, maybe limit any interactions that are necessary, maybe, you know, to, to provide food or cleaning. And if you do have to have that contact with that senior who's just come from a nursing home, then, you know, make sure everyone, you know, not just not just you going in, but the senior who's coming out of the nursing home, everyone wears facial coverings, practices frequent hand washing, and you know, just sanitize all surfaces, be it door handles, the floor, kitchen counters, everything. You know, try to separate even you know the meals and the food, so that um, that senior coming from the nursing home, you know, their utensils and things like that are separate. Um, it sounds pretty, you know, strict and draconian, but hey, we do know that facial coverings work. We know that sanitization works. We do know that the virus can be harbored in clothing, you know, surfaces, um, as well as people carrying it. So those are the measures I would recommend. Um, and they're all very doable. So, and then another option is families may consider, hey, instead of bringing a senior back into their own home and their household where there are other family members, consider renting an Airbnb just for two weeks. Um, and, you know, uh, going out to, to take care of them in the Airbnb or hiring somebody, an agency um, or um, other home care to take care of them in that Airbnb for two weeks. And two weeks of, you know, inconvenience uh, could save uh, lives. So it, it's worth it in the end. I mean, in your compar comparison, if for seven or 8000 per month, you can uh, afford a caregiver to provide meals, laundry, housekeeping, medication, supervision, and continuous one-on-one -on -one attention for eight to 10 hours. Certainly that may make a lot of sense to isolate this individual maybe in, the, in their own apartment. Correct, yeah, yeah. It's very doable. Uh, Dr. Wendy, thank you so much. Very important topic. Um, uh, I wanna tell you that um, on the landing page, we will have a lot of links, a lot of references to what we talked about. We will have a short checklist of things to do before you get the elderly and loved one from the senior home facility or nursing home facility into either your own home or into an outside facility, be it Airbnb or another apartment or something like that. Very valuable information. Thank you so much for, for being with us and giving us some really great insight. Thanks for having me, Alex.